As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You're listening to the Beat Goes On podcast, bringing the lighter side of news, pop culture, and everything in between. What's up, everyone? I am your host, Allie Rose. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Beat Goes On podcast, bringing the lighter side of news, pop culture, and everything in between. You know, at times, the news can seem a little daunting, so I'm bringing a lighter side of things, and once in a while, we'll have a guest on the show. But for now, let's jump into the news. Cornell University and the University of Maryland are introducing classes that focus on the cultivation and use of marijuana along with the legal and other issues surrounding cannabis. The schools are reacting to growing employer demands for college graduates with expertise in marijuana, with job growth in the sector expected to expand as more states legalize the drug. One investor gave $9 million to Harvard and MIT researchers to explore the science of cannabinoids. Cornell University is among the colleges around the U.S. adding courses related to marijuana cultivation and usage, which is thriving thanks to legalization for recreational use in 11 states and is permitted in 33 states for medical purposes. That's prompting a surge in jobs in the cannabis trade, ranging from retail salespeople to accountants. The University of Maryland said last month that its School of Pharmacy is opening a new master's degree program in medical cannabis science and therapeutics, a two-year degree designed to meet growing employer demand for trained experts in medical applications of the plant. Clark University is starting an online certificate program to teach intricacies of marijuana regulations and health and public safety concerns. And this fall, Cornell will add a new class focusing on the history, horticulture, and legal issues surrounding marijuana. More states around the country are likely to legalize medical marijuana, creating even more demand for trained workers. According to a study published earlier this year by employment site Glassdoor, it found more than 1,500 cannabis industry job openings in the U.S. as of late last year, a 76% increase compared with the year earlier. The University of Maryland's program, which is taking applications through August 15th and begins on August 29th, focuses on the basic science of marijuana, as well as clinical uses, adverse effects, and the impact on public health. The school will also teach students about federal and state laws governing medical marijuana. Harvard and MIT researchers will be delving into the science of marijuana, thanks to a $9 million gift from investor Charles R. Broderick to fund independent research on the science of cannabinoids. Broderick, who has invested in Canada's cannabis industry, told the Harvard Gazette that he wanted to, quote, fill the research void that currently exists in the science of cannabis. I want to destigmatize the conversation around cannabis. And, in part, that means providing facts to the medical community as well as the general public. A former pastor who wrote a best-selling book on traditional relationships has confirmed the end of his marriage, apologized for opposing LGBTQ rights, and announced he is no longer a Christian. Joshua Harris's book, 
I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which railed against sex before marriage and homosexuality, sold over one million copies and became a fixture in the Christian youth groups after coming out 22 years ago. But Harris now says the 1997 work, quote, contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry, and that he has, quote, undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. Writing on Instagram, he also said, by all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. I have lived in repentance for the last several years, repenting of my self-righteousness, my fear-based approach to life, the teaching of my books, my views of women in the church, and my approach to parenting, to name a few. He also said, to the LGBTQ community, I want to say that I am sorry for the views that I taught in my books and as a pastor regarding sexuality. I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you and your place in the church and for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you can forgive me. Harris previously confirmed his divorce in a separate post last week announcing the end of his 21-year marriage after realizing, quote, significant changes that have taken place in the both of us. His book encouraged young people to avoid dating and remain celibate before marriage. It includes numerous sections on the dangers of lust, such as one in which Harris wrote, lust is a problem and God hates it, so should you. The book also featured a passage in which Harris described himself being, quote, checked out by three gay men. He said, I'll never forget the anger and disgust I felt at that moment. It was so wrong, so filthy. Harris has disavowed his book on a handful of occasions in recent years, including during a 2017 TEDx talk called Strange Enough to be Wrong. Netflix is rebooting the 90s cartoon Rocco's Modern Life with a movie that will feature a story arc about transgender people. Rocco's Modern Life, Static Kling, will show Rocco and his two best friends returning to Earth after blasting off to explore the universe in a series finale. A lot has changed since the 90s, including their best friend Ralph, who is now Rachel. Series creator Joe Murray told Entertainment Weekly, When I started writing Static Kling, I really started latching on to the idea of change and how society has changed, and what's gone on in the last 20 years, and the development of our characters, and how they would react to change. It felt natural because it was not only about change, about somebody finding who they are and making that courageous choice to go through that change. While several cartoons have featured LGBTQ storylines and characters now, Rocco's Modern Life was groundbreaking during its original run. A 1996 episode showed a character struggling to, quote, come out as a clown in a town that hated them. Murray confirmed to the outlet that it was meant as an allegory for coming out as gay. The storyline will show the characters set off to find their friend who left their family on a mission of self-discovery. Her family hasn't seen her in years, and her father has a hard time accepting her as trans. But Rocco and his gang of friends quickly adapt. Rocco's modern life, Static Kling, tells a beautiful and hilarious story about accepting change, says Nick Adams from GLAD's Director of Transgender Representation. The younger characters accept Rachel immediately, recognizing she's still a friend. And while Rachel's father is slow to accept the change within his own family, even he realizes that loving your child should be unconditional. The story of inclusion and acceptance is so needed in our current climate. A year after Victoria's Secret executive vowed to exclude transsexuals from fashion shows, the underwear brand has officially hired its first openly transgender model. 
Brazilian model Valentina Sampaio confirmed her partnership with the clothing giant on Instagram, posting a backstage snap of herself at Victoria's Secret photo shoot. Sampaio's agent clarified that she had been hired by Victoria's Secret for a campaign to be released in mid-August for Pink. Sampaio's announcement comes after about a year after Ed Rezik, the chief marketing officer of Victoria's Secret Parenting Company, sparked a backlash for making the transphobic comments. In a 2018 interview with Vogue, Rezek said the trans models should not be excluded in the Victoria's Secret fashion show and referred to the trans community as transsexuals. He also added that no one had any interest in a show featuring plus-size models. Rezek later apologized for his comments in a statement posted from Victoria's Secret Twitter, said that the company would absolutely cast a transgender model for the show. Sampeo now has the potential to make history as the first trans model to walk the Victoria's Secret runway. The first transgender couple recently tied the knot in West Bengal in the first rainbow wedding. 38-year-old Tista Das and 40-year-old Dipan Chakraborty exchanged vows in the first rainbow wedding. Tista underwent gender confirmation surgery 15 years ago. She says, I always believed love has no gender and Dipan and I have proved it. Dipan's family kept themselves away from the wedding as they have not been able to accept his new identity. However, his flat owner will be hosting the reception. Tista's friend Shreya, who is also a trans woman and works at a dance bar in Delhi said, Tista has set an example for the community. It takes a lot of guts to do this and I salute her. Tista's mother couldn't have asked for more after years of struggle. I'm happy to see my daughter settle down with somebody like Dipan. We have been through a lot of hardship, but parents should always support their children. While touring in support of their latest self-titled album, Rammstein traded their signature pyrotechnics for a different kind of fireworks in Moscow, Russia. Guitarist Paul Anders and Richard exchanged a fleeting kiss while performing their 2019 song, Auslander. The kiss was in direct protest of Russia's anti-LGBTQ laws. Passed in 2013 by President Vladimir Putin, Russia's gay propaganda law bans materials that would present distorted ideas about the equal social value of traditional and non-traditional sexual relationships. Condemned by human rights groups like Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, the law essentially renders it illegal in Russia to express any kind of homosexuality and gender nonconformity in public. Russia has also seen an uptick in homophobic violence since the passage of the law. Rammstein's kiss comes a month after the murder of LGBTQ activist Yelena Grigorieva, whose name was listed on a Russian website that offers prizes for hunting gay people and their advocates. The gay propaganda law is also enforced against foreigners, who may be arrested and detained for up to 15 days or fined up to 5,000 rubles, then deported though it has not been confirmed whether Rammstein has faced such consequences. The band wrote on Instagram, Russia, we love you. It's not the first time that the band has expressed support for the LGBTQ community. At a previous show in Poland, frontman Till Lindman was seen waving a pride flag while crowd surfing in an inflatable boat. Finally, Tool's back catalog is available on streaming services. It's the first time the band's albums Undertow, Anima, Lateralis, and 10,000 Days have been available via Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and the rest. In 2017, it was reported that Maynard James Keenan, 
and company were in discussions with major streaming platforms to make their back catalog available in time for the launch of their fifth album. Two years later, the day finally arrived. It's also noteworthy to mention that at the time this podcast has been recorded, Fear Inoculum, the 10-minute title track of Tool's new album in 13 years, has also dropped, with the complete album due on August 30th. And that's your news for this episode. I'm your host, Allison Rose. Have you ever received unsolicited advice from people who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about? I mean, would you take in-depth medical advice about your particular medical condition from a mechanic who's changing the oil in your car? You know, there's a lot of schooling and training and experience needed for that, right? How about if you're just learning how to play guitar and your next-door neighbor who's lived next door for years starts telling you how you should play despite the fact that the only thing they can play is the radio. Now I know everyone is entitled to their own opinion about something, but if it's not the area of expertise, the validity of their opinion goes down and it sounds like they're just talking out of their ass for the most part. I know people have beliefs and views based on how they were raised. Some people still cling to the outdated, narrow-minded views of the world and the social construct. But it seems like they can't understand someone being attracted to the same sex or gender. And they think that someone who is bisexual is, well, confused. That's kind of like saying, okay, so you can't pick a flavor of ice cream, so you must be confused. You can't pick between vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. It's not possible to like all three. Have you ever seen a box of Neapolitan ice cream? And if someone is transgender, there's some people that think that that person won't be dateable. You know, recently I heard a trans girl talk about how her parents told her nobody would date her because she's trans. Well, the parents aren't trans. What the f*** do they know about trans dating? You know, you can't possibly know what it's like for another person unless you are that person. There might be some relatable instances. Let's go back to the guitar playing issue. Let's say your best friend is also learning how to play guitar. They might have some pointers and tips and tricks for you. If they have a little bit more experience, hell, I'll listen to them. But if they're learning as you are, you two might be holding hands together in the learning process. And that goes for everything else. If you're LGBTQ+, and you're constantly getting negative feedback from those that have zero idea of what you're going through, you need to take into consideration their lack of expertise and experience in the area. You know, a cis-hetero person's not going to be able to give pointers on gay dating. If you're gay and you're looking to date, you probably want to go with the rest of the crowd who happens to be gay, right? I mean, it's not unheard of. It's not like all gay people are single. And I know not everyone is as understanding as we'd like them to be. So stop looking for approval from everyone like you're trick-or-treating door-to-door. You'll set yourself up for disappointment. And remember, if someone who is not in your position is telling you who you are and who you are not, chances are they're 100% wrong and have absolutely no clue as to what they're talking about. And that's the bottom line. 
Well, that does it for this episode of the Beat Goes On podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow the show on Twitter at TBGO Podcast or check us out on Podbean, thebeatgoesonpodcast.podbean.com. Or you can send an email at thebeatgoesonpodcast at gmail.com. I am your host, Allie Rose, and until next time, be good to yourself and be good to others. And remember, no matter what happens in life, the beat goes on. Music for the Beat Goes On podcast is brought to you by Alsmosis.